Hello again, and welcome to the Planet Beyond podcast, brought to you by Fugro, the leading provider of geodata from the greatest subsea depths right to outer space, and hosted by me, John Baston Pitt. Now, in this episode, we're going to explore something, well, really important connection, purpose, passion, mobilization the importance of articulating progress with the projects across a company. When we do this, the impact can be amazing. In fact, so amazing, it can be award-winning. Today, we're going to celebrate our success in the UK's Ground Engineering Awards. And to do that, we need to speak to Jonathan Ainley, who is the Regional Strategic Sales Manager for Europe and Africa, Laura Hughes, who is the Country Director for the UK, and David Thomas, who is the UK's Comb Penetration Test Manager. Jonathan, welcome. Let's start with you. Tell us, why are we here? Well, the Ground Engineering Awards, or GE Awards, are a prestigious annual event celebrating people, projects and innovation across the geotechnical industry. And we're doing so many amazing things in Fugo right now, which I don't think we're shouting about it enough. We've been quite modest. So we thought it was a great opportunity to show how proud we are of these developments, uh, innovations, ongoing achievements to promote them not only to our clients, but also to our peers and the wider industry. So we submitted entries for a number of categories and obviously struck a chord with the judges because we got shortlisted for a number of the awards. And for this next stage, we got invited to the GE headquarters to present to a panel of judges. Tell us, how many judges and what was the category you were competing to win? So there were four judges we knew we were going to face and Dave Thomas and myself, we were delighted to represent Fugo for the Grand Investigation Specialist of the Year. But we faced quite a challenge. How do you showcase Fugo in 20 minutes? Because that's all we had, 20 minutes to present a whole wealth of things about the company and then 10 minutes of Q&A afterwards. And what were they looking for? What were their criteria that they were assessing you on? We needed to demonstrate achievement in hitting certain business milestones. The criteria we focused on, there's three main things I think we focused on. So it was demonstrating growth, so in the size uh, and a number of projects we're working on, the growth in revenue of a company, profit, and one that's really close to our hearts is growth in the team and the, the personnel we have working in Fugro. And the second criteria we were focusing on was developing strong relationships with clients and the supply chain and demonstrating how we go beyond what might be expected of, of the norm, going beyond the status quo. And the final one was collaboration and partnering. How can we really maximize the value we get from the geodata to provide added insight to a client, to you know, improve safety, improve the design of their assets and make it more efficient? Now, plus, we also added a couple of case studies to demonstrate how we pull all this together to deliver successful projects and using technical excellence. It sounds like a tall order to demonstrate all of that in 20 minutes. Where did you start? So we initially pulled together a, a whole load of material that we felt covered these criteria. And at first it was around 200 slides, which is obviously unrealistic for a 20 minute presentation. 
So we, we worked together and whittled this down to a, a more realistic presentation, which we felt was succinct, but got all the facts and figures and messages across in what we knew was going to be a very strict time limit. And what were the highlights that you shared? There's so much good stuff happening in Fugo, new innovations, new ways of working, new people coming into the company. We wanted to make sure we covered these as succinctly as possible. And our transformation as a business was key here, wasn't it? As we have supported and enabled the development and delivery of renewable energy. It has really pivoted around in the last, last seven or eight years. So last year, I think about 60% was non-oil and gas. So a lot in renewables, but also infrastructure. We're really pushing that, supporting projects there. Another transformation is in the personnel. Five years ago, we'd never imagined we'd be employing people in artificial intelligence, cloud computing, uh, remote operations, all this kind of thing. So it's bringing in expertise and experience from other industries into what has been for a number of years, purely geotechnical, geophysical, geological, it's been doing the same kind of thing. So it's how we're transforming our revenue and the way we're thinking and the way we're working. So that, that was something we, we were really keen to get across. And with that transition, with the diversity and the depth and the breadth, do you find that everything lines up under an umbrella, a common purpose? Well, yeah, something we, we tried to, to weave in through the, the whole um, presentation was the, the company values. So the, the key ones we focused on in, in the presentation really was demonstrating that we like to build trust with clients, get collaboration, engage early, start with the end in mind, working towards their, their plans and preparing for tomorrow. The energy transition is a huge part of what we're doing right now. A lot of clients are looking at new ways of doing things. How can they prepare for tomorrow? Uh, and above all, doing what's right. Now, David... Jonathan has mentioned a lot of things here in terms of transformation, diversity and company values. And I understand that one of the things you did to really demonstrate these to the judges was sharing a case study. Maybe you can take us through that. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the case studies that we presented started in tragedy, unfortunately. So in January 2019, 272 people lost their lives when a tailings dam in Brazil collapsed. Yes, this was global news and a terrible tragedy that deeply affected everyone involved in the project. And that included four people from our Fugro family. So really sad event. And, and the cause um, was found to be a liquefaction and then a global failure of this tailings dam. Tailings dams being the dams that hold back the tailings or byproducts from mining operations. And the material from that dam then ran downstream and engulfed everything in its path. A really terrible catastrophe with many lessons to be learned for the, for the mining industry. Fugo assembled an expert team to look at this historical problem in the mining industry, to look at the way tailings storage facilities have been built and perhaps built without the normal rigour and structure of geotechnical design which has resulted in these potential failures. So Fugo's consultants in Brazil and in Belgium worked together on this problem in order to help our clients understand which dams were at the highest risk of failure. And we developed some software to help with those predictions. But when it came down to it, we realized that there just wasn't enough recent good quality geotechnical data to make those assessments. 
And that lack of data was a real problem because the dams are too dangerous to, to walk on and to, um, to access with kind of conventional techniques. So how do we get data from a place that we, we can't take our staff to to physically gather it? It's a bit of a catch-22, really. So we looked at the market, scoured all the existing solutions. And when we found out there was nothing uh, appropriate, set out to develop and design an in-house solution. And that in-house solution ended up being the, the deep drive cone penetration testing system. It's almost shocking that it took something so terrible for the industry to understand that this was the situation. But I guess it's also reassuring to know that once this problem was uncovered, we were able to create a solution based on technology that we were using in another part of the business. Deep drive was developed and built in Europe where we took our mature seabed cone penetration testing or CPT technology and transformed it to be used on land. This coil driven CPT system allows us to collect high quality data digitally from the ground level to a depth of 100 meters entirely remotely. And the machine is operated by staff from a remote operations center located in a safe space within the mine. So deep drive is track mounted and it can be tracked out onto the dam across the area where people aren't permitted to walk to the desired test location where the CPT can then be deployed, the data collected and the cone withdrawn all completely remotely. Once the test is finished, uh, the rig is then tracked to the next location and the process is repeated. Not only can we conduct CPTs, but we can also install monitoring equipment to look at the longer term groundwater changes in the dam. Deep Drive can install a piezometer at the required depth and then connect it to a transmitter using a robotic arm under the rig, so nobody has to go back and access the positions. This technology takes the operators completely out of the line of fire, but it also removes the repetitive strain injuries we've historically seen in land CPT operators. So it really is a fantastic safety innovation. This was real lateral thinking that only worked because of the vast experience that exists across Fugro. A company like Fugro has got this fantastic depth of experience in all the different environments we work in and sharing that knowledge and those lessons learned is a real power of the business. The other power of the business is the, the, the global nature of the group. So the, the build was project managed from the UK, built in the Netherlands, and then the team that actually operate the equipment. Lots of local workers from Brazil, but also with support from the UK, the USA, Belgium, the Netherlands, all coming together to deliver this truly global project all coming together to deliver this truly global project. That's collaboration and it's communication. Laura, I want to bring you in here to talk about how you celebrate this. Internally, we've got to feel motivated by the amazing things we're doing. But externally, we've also got to shout about it. As a relative newcomer, to Fugro, you know, I also saw what Jonathan and, and David have so eloquently articulated, the, this breadth and diversity of our organisation. And I think corporately Fugro has done a lot of work around being able to articulate our purpose and the values that we talked about. I, th I think where I've really seen the opportunity is about that connection of the, the individuals with that purpose and then between the individuals across our group. So this meant focusing on communication. How did you encourage that, Laura? 
practically some of the things that we've done internally, like having regular town halls where we have live streams, where people who are on a, on a vessel or in a laboratory are actually talking to hundreds of their other colleagues about what, what they're doing and the thing that they're proud of. So you know, Dave's articulated a, a, a very complex and major project, but you know, every individual within the company has their story uh, about what they've done to kind of connect with that, that purpose. And, and I think uh, just creating the forum to be able to do that has moved, has, has moved us forward massively. And that then gives the opportunity to then distill that and articulate it externally, you know, for the for the purposes of, uh, of of sales, perhaps, and the client facing things that Jonathan was talking about. But then also in terms of recruitment, uh, and also in terms of just kind of moving that kind of global purpose uh, to, towards a better world, and really everybody are understanding our our responsibilities and interaction with the planet. So you know, not wanting to sound too grand, but all of those small elements, I think, add up to to us really being able to make a difference in the world, which ultimately I think is, you know, what, what we want to do on a daily basis. And leadership encompasses that, doesn't it? How necessary is it to create this space to, to share these successes? When, when you're encouraging people, is it inherently difficult for them to feel good about these things? Do we need to help people make space for that? Is there a role for leadership here? Yeah, I, th I think that uh, that on a day-to-day -day basis, we all have our heads down, concentrating on delivery. And I think, yeah, part of my role is is to help just to create the the imperative that the, the space to to step back and, and really consider what it is that uh, that we have achieved, either as individuals or small teams as a group. It's always difficult to pause and reflect on success because there's always something else that needs to be done. There's always some part of it that's unanswered and, and nothing's ever perfect. So I think as um, as kind of people who are motivated to, to get after things and deliver things, we don't pause enough. I'd like to pick up on that point maybe a bit later. This concept of pausing and recognising where we've come, what we've achieved. I think that is really, really important. But first, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the rigour involved in getting to where we are, to the space and the environment, to feel confident about talking about this. I think that we, we point people in the direction, give them the challenge of, of really understanding how what, how what we've done can, can fit into you know, categories that somebody else has, uh, has specified. But I think if you give people a challenge, um, more often than not, they enjoy the uh, the opportunity to to rise to it. And and I think it had some it's had some really almost unintended conclusions. Can you give us an example here, Laura? I mean, one of the entries that uh, that didn't finally win its own category, but I th I'm absolutely convinced was part of the contribution to to our overall award was around the uh, Marine Geotechnical Lab harmonization which on the on the face of it looked like bringing together the management systems of our UK based laboratory and the Belgian laboratory and it so it looked about um, program management and it looked about accreditation but actually it, it was a story of diversity equity and inclusion it was about creating that common culture across two geographically divided areas giving opportunities to people to develop 
and be able to expand their horizons and go on uh, exchange programs. Uh, and so something that, you know, superficially looks like a, a very straightforward transactional um, process actually really goes to the heart of the culture of our business. And I think that journey for the individuals who, who, who prepared that case study and, and did the presentation as David and Jonathan did, that for them enriches their understanding of, of what they've done and enables us to then communicate within our organisation. So I think people like the challenge, but also those unexpected outcomes as well that, that helps build our appreciation of what we do. I was saying that, that lab development came from engaging with clients. They saw lab capacity globally as a key bottleneck in the development of these, these mega projects. And they, they wanted to know that they acquired data on, on site, but it's going to be processed, analysed, advised upon in the, in the timescale that suits their, 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 the rest of their supply chain. Uh, and so yeah, as Fugo took on board the advice and the, the, the understandings from the market and, and developed the labs and, and took them further. So we're global leaders in lab capacity. So what I'm hearing is that this isn't just a one-off initiative. We've applied for this competition and we've won some awards. Thank you. We move on. This is something that develops rewarding habits, that continuously energises and makes a difference. Yeah, for me, I think it's, it's just so important to understand that the award we did win is a culmination of the entire business all helping to support and produce this wonderfully diverse company. It takes lots of cogs to make up that complex machinery. And so really it should be recognised across the whole company as a fantastic achievement. And by demonstrating the kind of projects we're involved in and the kind of things we can do internally, we're hoping in turn that will help bring more people into, into the company. Because this is important to attracting talent, isn't it? You mentioned motivation earlier. For a lot of us and people employing, the motivation of supporting the transition is is enormous, it's a real driver for them. It's pivoting away just from, I guess, the technical content of our work, uh, more to then the broader societal implications of it. Because within uh, within David's story, I mean, there's a heavy technical component, but it's, it's about the people and it's about the problem that we're trying to solve. You mentioned people there, Laura, and another submission we put forward for an award was a joint application with a leading offshore wind developer for a project in the UK. This came about not only because of the size of the project, but also because of the interaction between the teams. The project management and field reporting and lab teams in Fugo and our counterparts in the developer have created a great relationship on what is a mega project. At one point, I think we had nine vessels in the field at once. We acquired over 20,000 kilometers of geophysical data, uh, over 100 boreholes. These are mega projects, absolutely enormous, but they're becoming the norm, particularly in the offshore wind market. So the communication, the trust, the people involved has to be on point with constant dialogue to minimise delays, highlight issues or challenges that arise and be totally transparent with one another. It's all about trust, honesty and doing what's right. Businesses must act in this way, thinking, promoting, sharing, trusting. And Jonathan, you made a, a good point because people make choices now that 20 30 years ago, they maybe didn't have the opportunity or the, the sustainability perspective. They decide who they want to work for based on these factors. It's their future. And they recognise that they can make a contribution. I think that there's um, 
an incredible sense of satisfaction we can get from our industry. There's there's not all that many industries that work on a project and can see that project through to completion to to start from an initial concept and then to see that thing being built or constructed and then to monitor it, take it through its lifespan until until it's uh, time for it to be demolished and, and turned into something new. And that that full life cycle view is something that very few people and very few industries get to work in. I, I myself have been with Fugro quite a few years and one of the first projects I worked on was the, was the Crossrail project. And I started in 2008 working on that. And then, you know, recently, uh, in fact, to, to go to the award ceremony, I rode on the Crossrail train for the very first time. And it, it really was, or the Elizabeth Line, as it's now called. And for me, that was a real moment of pride that I'd played a very small part um, in the construction of this. Uh, and yeah, it's just a fantastic thing that I think we can share with people that are joining our industry, that they can take away at the end of a big project, this real sense of pride. I relate to that. I found myself at Farringdon Station recently, and I walked down the platform to see the entrance to the Elizabeth Line. And I too stopped and paused and reflected on my personal contribution with some geophysical work I'd done there years and years and years ago. And it made me feel proud. I felt as if I'd contributed. I, lo I love the point you've just made there, David, because it means something, doesn't it? It means something to us all. And many years into the future, we'll be able to stop and pause again. We'll look back and think, wow, I played my part and that impact won't diminish. It, it reminds me of a story people used to tell on leadership courses, where you would go to one bricklayer and ask, what are you doing? And they would say, oh, I'm putting a brick on top of a brick. You talk to the next one, and they would say, oh no, I'm building a wall. And then you go to the final bricklayer, and they say, well, I'm building a cathedral. It's that sort of thinking and engagement, delivering on a personal level in terms of job satisfaction. And this makes the business work better too. Everybody shines through. And this is what we're talking about here today, bringing this to life, shining a light on these moments to recognize achievement, exactly like this award. Well, I was just going to say, John, on that sort of building up the picture, um, we're working with clients now and developing a framework with a lot of them. It's like a geo-risk management framework. So we're, we're looking ahead to the asset, the structure they're building, you know, what monitoring will it need in, in 25, 30 years' time? So rather than sort of them constantly going out to tender for certain little packages here and there and sort of maybe over-engineering something or under-engineering, we're looking at, okay, this asset's going to be in this place, it's got these geological conditions, these metocean conditions. What are you going to have to do to maintain that through the life of the asset to make sure it, it keeps working? It's not impacted by storm events or ground conditions. So we're building that in right from the very first death study, from the first contact with the client and making sure that we, we acquire data now that will benefit the project for the next 25, 30 years. That's the beauty of our work, isn't it? That you can cast your mind forwards. As Fugro, we, we often get involved right at the early stages of a project. Now, Laura, 
Can you give us some numbers, articulate any value to give us some kind of appreciation of the size of what's been achieved here? For the awards, there were 19 separate categories. We were shortlisted as finalists in eight of those categories. And there are 233 submissions overall. So, you know, it's a, it's a very competitive field. In our industry, we see some new entrants, small new players who are really seeing the opportunity to be to be agile and have a more, uh, you know, new technology focus. And we see the kind of traditional powerhouses who, who have have volume. Last year, for the first year, Fugro was ranked as the biggest geotechnical company in the UK. That was in the G100 ranking. This year, um, the, the results have just come out uh, and that captures our turnover of 130 million pounds last year with 8% annual growth. So we, we are the biggest uh, and that comes from the volume of the work that we do and also the diversity that we've been talking about. I think that the beauty this year is that we've really been able to then capture that and express how we're the best as well as the, the biggest company. And that's an important point. Rather than being recognised as just the biggest, there's something even more powerful when you're recognised as the best. Yeah, we mentioned earlier how one of the criteria was the growth in the company. and One area that we're all focused on is, is people, bringing more people. It's a very challenging marketplace right now where the industry is booming. And But we did really well between 2021 and 2022. We, we grew the company in the UK by 16% in terms of numbers. So we've got over 1,600 people now in the UK of which about 25% are, are female, which in what was traditionally a sort of a male-dominated industry of a geotechnical, geophysical market, that, that's a, a really great achievement and one we're trying to take even further. And one way we, we are doing this is through our uncrewed vessels and the down-crewing of vessels and through using remote operation centres. So people, people no longer have to go offshore for long periods of time or be on site for long periods of time. They can do things from the comfort of an office or their home and get to go home at night time. So that, that's really helping on recruitment to bring in people from you know, different parts of the UK or different, different backgrounds who don't want to work away or, or can't work away for various reasons. So that, that's really great. But they can still work in the marine industry without getting their feet wet. Yeah, I think for me that the, the people strategy is really one of the most key things that we've changed in recent years. We've really focused on recruitment and once we've got those people on training and coaching them, you know, we've been working on summer placements to bring in new uh, young talent. There's sponsorship going on, graduate recruitment and then growing them through our internal UGRO campaigns. All really good work to turn those, those new starters into fantastic members of the team and and that career planning that career vision is something that i don't think we've had historically um, certainly not to the level that we can see it now really showing people where their careers can grow to having them have work with a mentor and um, collaborate together to to really reach their maximum potential is absolutely fabulous and alongside that is all the important things that go with it as well so the the great work we've been doing on sort of salary benchmarking and make sure Fugro is that fantastic company to work for getting a good work-life balance and also being compensating for that in the right way 
and we're seeing this with our clients as well. That so if we take the offshore wind industry, for example, and in the UK, UK right now is about 30,000 people employed directly. We need 100,000 people by 2030. That's the projection. Where are these people going to come from? I know we're, we're looking at schools, universities, colleges. How do we encourage youngsters to focus on engineering and, and other subjects we'll need to grow this market and help the, the UK and other European countries and beyond meet their net zero targets in the next 10, 20 years time. So we're, we're a business that is about delivery to our clients and we're operating in, in markets now that are, are booming. Our vessels are busy all the time. Our people are busy all the time. And, and coupled with that, the employment climate that we have is incredibly uh, competitive. So it's difficult to have the people, it's difficult to maintain our resource base and grow our resource base to, ma to match um, the opportunities. So I think the, the real balance to be struck here is we don't want to detract from that delivery focus, but we do have to create the license for people to be able to spend time on that reflection, on the client interface, on the recruitment. Uh, so I think it's about how do we balance the with, with constrained resources um, how are we going to tackle this? And it's about also creating the language to be able to talk about it because a lot of our people come from technical backgrounds. They're unfamiliar with uh, with the broader aspects and, and find it challenging uh, to move away from talking about their fantastic widget that they have invented or that they're using and talk about the bigger picture. So I think there's also a bit about coaching people and enabling them to really be able to, to talk about uh, the broader context. And we've had a, a lot of internal commercial courses uh, run where trying to convert people who maybe are more technical or engineering minded to focus on what the client's really after. So don't discuss the features of a, a certain service or a piece of equipment, sell the benefits. How will this impact on their project? Will it save them time? Will it make it safer, save them cost? Uh, and that, that's something we're trying to get across and, and across the business. Imagine that multidisciplinary thinking across the board. An engineer with a little bit more understanding of accountancy. People with technical knowledge understanding more of the salesmanship aspect. As hard as we work, it's so important to take a step back and pause. Say, I had a hand in that. We were part of the group that made that. It's so important to feel the, the sense of pride and acknowledge the difference we make in the world. I like to call these moments donut moments, where you bite into something and pause for a moment of reflection. These awards were an exercise that allowed us to do just that. Today, we've heard Jonathan, David and Laura talk about the implications, the impact reflecting on the difference we can make. A wise man once said, to win in the marketplace, you must first win in the workplace. It strikes me that Fugro's doing both. As I always say, be safe, be remarkable, be the difference. <laughs>